Hillsborough has been called a museum without walls, and rightly so. Founded in 1754, this city contains its old world charm while embracing the culture it has established today through art, festivals, and celebrations. In the same year of the city's founding, a house was built that had many uses and saw even more faces. Some of these faces were more attached to the home than others, but seemed to have taken on a different form in the House of Seven Hearts. Hello, you are listening to Or So They Say, the podcast where two sisters travel small town America, one ghostly tale at a time. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Megan. And I think with the exception of like some coughing up nasty stuff in the morning, she's back. And I'm gone. Not fully. (laughs) Not fully. I'm on my way down. Okay, well, don't. Just simply don't. An absolute nightmare. We keep switching off episode to episode who's sick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I went on vacation over the weekend, which is right. fine. You ne- if, you, if you brought back that nasty illness. <laughs> I will take a test if I feel it is necessary. I mean, y'all know how seriously we take it, but like you cannot, every symptom cannot be COVID. It no, can't. I know. I'm just saying I don't want to get sick, sick with anything. I don't care if it's COVID anymore. I don't I want anything. Get away from me. Uh, truthfully it could be the fact that i left 75 degree weather chef's kiss and came back to indiana <laughs> so which had 75 ish degree weather it's fluctuated so much yeah but then i come back and it's like poopy 40 degrees yeah well in in the same vein as things changing i think by the time this comes out it's either like the weekend coming up or the weekend after i don't know sometime soon um what do you call that daylight savings oh (laughs) Uh uh-huh and i hate this one because we yes you get more light during the day neat cool fine you lose an hour of sleep and in this economy absolute (laughs) i need as much sleep as i can get that means i'm gonna have to start going to bed at like seven (laughs) I, okay, so I tell myself every time, like, I'm going to be in bed by uh, a certain time. I haven't even really picked a time, but it doesn't matter because I almost always exclusively go to bed at or past midnight. And there are mornings where I work at 530 in the morning. So why do I do it? I don't know. I play Animal Crossing and stuff. <laughs> that's that's why I do it. We watch scary movies. We've been on a roll with the scary movie thing. Uh-huh. Speaking of Animal Crossing, I don't think I've ever talked oh about me playing Animal Crossing. Listen, this is a big deal, everybody. Uh, if if my calculations are correct, our demographics, the Venn, the Venn diagram is very close to a circle here. A lot of you have probably played <laughs> or have seen people play or whatever. Animal Crossing, New Horizons, cool. I'm late to the game and I don't care. There's basically a stock market in this game. You buy turnips at a set price. You sell them at a fluctuating price. Cool, that's the basics. I bought turnips. I bought a lot of turnips, an undisclosed amount of turnips <laughs> for 110 essentially dollars, but they call them bells, uh, every 10 turnips. No, it's every turnip because I, I spent a lot of money. Um, 110 bells per turnip. And that's what I bought them at. And you have a week to sell them. If you don't sell them by the end of the week, they are worth nothing. So mm-hmm. you got you to gotta play the game. Uh, last week I did terrible and I sold it about 45 bells a turnip. Huge loss. Huge <laughs> loss. But that's okay. Didn't because, know if you were going to financially recover. <laughs> no, but I did. The the uh, the Animal Crossing gods shine down on me today, actually, as we're recording this. <laughs> and I about fell out of my chair, man. I It said that the price today was 593 bells per turnip. I said... Yes, absolutely. Like very <laughs> calmly. Actually, I grabbed my face. I said, Maddie, I freaked out. Uh, I made a huge profit. H- huge. So uh, we did financially recover in just one go. So good times. Had now, what are you going to do tomorrow if it's like 900 bells? I looked it up because I wanted to see like how lucky I was. And the most that they'll offer for them are 660 uh-huh. I believe. So I was pretty darn close to the top, but they can do you dirty, dirty. So you can, you can buy them at a fluctuating price between 90 and 110. It will always be between that. They can offer you up to 660. Like I said, they can, I got 40 per bell or per turnip last week. Mm-hmm. They can offer you as low as nine. 
Nine. That's awful. Whoever has that, whoever has ever had that, probably hates themselves. I know I would. Probably. Because at like 45 bells, I wanted to cry. I did a little. Never played the game again. (laughs) And they never played again. I don't know. I like played it really heavy when I first got it, stopped for about a month, and now I picked it back up. So. Wonderful. Yep. Yep. So that's my good news for the week is it's not even real life. Financially in real life, I'm flailing. It's fine. (laughs) Aren't we all? Uh, But you know what? In Animal Crossing, I am thriving. Absolutely thriving. I paid off my house loan. It's fine. (laughs) I always think back to high school when I took an economics class and we had to buy stock in the class. Not really buy it, but we were given pretend 100 doll hairs and got to go through the newspaper and like the actual newspaper and pick stocks and pick real stocks and our teachers like you have a hundred dollars to spend on whatever stock you want and and you can disperse them amongst multiple stocks yeah some people were picking like google or apple or something like that some of the already big established ones and this one kid in our class keeping in mind this was in 2009 2010 roughly something so like i that. mean like the, the internet was still growing but like it was established right and this one kid was like i don't know i just want to get the most bang for my buck so he picked this one uh company that their stock was like 12 cents a share mm-hmm. it was something stupid like a startup company yeah and then at the end of the semester or trimester or whatever we were doing in high school um we got to see how much our stocks were worth and if we made money or if we lost money. And I was feeling pretty good. I can't remember what I picked, but I made like a couple thousand dollars and I'm like, surely I'm up there. Listen, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I did pick some good ones. I think I just picked the wrong uh, trimester to invest because I remember I picked Apple and Amazon. Oh, yeah. I mean, they are always growing, but I think... And I was excited because like I bought it for... I mean let's say 100 and at the end of the semester was like 140 or something i was like like very excited Uh uh-huh you got to think of like the range though because this kid man Mm -hmm. bought it at 12 cents a share and at the end of the semester i want to say it was over a hundred dollars a share yeah he made millions he made a lot of money <laughs> it was insane amount of money and i like i was stoked because <clears throat> mine went up at all like a lot of people really took a loss mm-hmm. um and i was like you know what amazon and apple are here to stay even then this was common knowledge um but i played it safe that was my problem yeah i don't remember, like I, I don't remember what i went with but any yeah that kid our teacher was telling us like oh this person got third this person got second and he's like i don't even know how much money first place made he did know but it was like an out this made kid a lot of money it was over like a million dollars or something I can you imagine if he would have actually invested 100 us dollars i've into always that considered stock? it since i've always thought about it since then I know that I need to do that or hit the lottery. I mean, and the thing is, our teacher tried to explain to us. He's like, this doesn't usually happen. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> it just don't don't get your hopes up. Yeah. Well, you know what? However many years later, what? 14 years later, something like that. Mm-hmm. Hasn't happened for me yet. I had stock in Starbucks. But I got it while I worked there. <laughs> I had so. stock in the bank and that's because they make you have it while you work there. <laughs> I do have that as well. I don't know. Goodness. I have a dry cough. I'm so sorry. It's it's going to happen. I don't know. It's okay. All right. How about we jump into this week's episode? You don't have anything else exciting? Are we all... Get the quick thing. Say it fast. What do you have right now in your household? Oh, um... New guests. I'm a grandmother. She's a grandmother. <laughs> Due to my negligence, I am now a grandmother of four beautiful baby kittens. <laughs> um... And it 100% is our fault. We had this cat. She was a stray. We brought her in and we were meaning to get her fixed and just kept putting it off, putting it off. And then she went into heat. And as soon as we opened the door, she was like, and she ran out. Quite literally went alley catting around as they call it. Yes. And (laughs) whoever they is, she came back and I was like, if you're pregnant, I swear. 
And, you know, two, two and a half months went by. It was creeping up on three months. I could swear Kat's gestational period was like less than 60 days. I said, okay, she's not pregnant, but she's definitely getting fat. So, like, now I'm afraid it's something serious. Right. Me too, though. Well, (laughs) after a little more research, it turns out small cats gestational periods are about two months where larger cats can be up to four months so guess who decided to spit out some babbies <laughs> and i mean they're cute little jelly beans i'm not gonna lie i don't know people were asking me they're like are they boys girls i said they're jelly beans yeah they're literally just lumps i don't yeah. know man <laughs> they don't i don't even know their eyes look like uh i don't know Ooh. they still have their little umbilical cords it, umbilical cords attached yeah <laughs> I don't know. That's the exciting news. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we got for the week. I made bank. You made grandbabies. I did. <laughs> so. And I think they're already all spoken for. If 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 everything everyone sticks to their guns here. Mm-hmm. We'll I've, find out in eight weeks. I've already got homes for them, which I'm a little sad, but like literally I cannot have eight cats. This cannot happen. <laughs> all right. How about we talk about this week's episode? Yeah. Shall we? Yeah. Okay. This week we are in North Carolina. Where in North Carolina? For some reason, this sounded very familiar to me, but we are in Hillsboro, North Carolina. That is very familiar. Is it sad that I don't think it's because it's a place that we've been, but a place where a, um event has probably taken place? Probably. Probably with guns. <clears throat> very, uh, very topical right now. I mean, it's always topical, but... Because people are attacking things that don't need not be attacked and literally have caused zero deaths ever. Mm. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, then you're not in that circle and isn't ignorance bliss. Ah. Anyway. Well, I do have fun facts about this place. Oh, right. <laughs> it won't be a downer. Okay. To no one's shock and surprise. Well, let me go ahead and tell you Hillsboro is in Orange County. Okay. It's also the county seat of wow. Orange County. Who could have I, how do we do this? You know, we don't plan this. <laughs> I know it makes me wonder. I don't know how many cities are in the county. I don't. That makes me because how many how many cities are I'm in Vigo County? Starting to wonder if maybe we're just idiots. Well, because we're in Vigo <laughs> County. I know. <laughs> I feel really dumb. No, how many cities are in Vigo County? Because as far as I know, it's just Terre Haute. Hey Siri. <laughs> How many cities are in Vigo County, Indiana? You said Vigo. I do. It's Vigo. It's his name. The namesake. I look, I understand. I say, I know it's Francis Vigo. I know that. But I say Vigo. I don't know. Everybody in Terre Haute calls it Vigo. I'm like, you dum dums. Like, I don't know. Vigo County contains four incorporated settlements with a total population nearing 63,000, as well as several unincorporated communities. It's divided into 12 townships. Mm-hmm. Whatever. <laughs> what, so, I don't know. Maybe the, we feel silly. Everyone's like, yeah, idiot, of course it's the county seat. Because as long as it's a city and not a town or in an unincorporated <laughs> township. If you've been listening to us for a while... And you have this knowledge and you've just let us look like fools this long. Shame on you. Shame. <laughs> Jerks. And please message us privately. <laughs> Our emails or so they say pod at gmail.com. There you go. All right. Back to Hillsboro. Hillsboro, Hillsboro, as of 2023, has a population of 10,731 people. And Quaint. It's, what? Quaint. Small. Oh, I thought you said point. And I was like... There's not like a point person, point two. No, it's also growing at a rate of 3.44%. Good for them. So good for Hillsborough. And honestly, it doesn't sound like a bad little town. Mm -hmm. Uh, The average household income is $98,549. All right. And their poverty rate is only 10.25%. Heading over to bring that number right down. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Now, rental costs, the median rental cost is $1,498. So it's a little higher. <laughs> Median house value? Uh, if they're I'm, making 98000 a year? <laughs> I'm going to guess it's close to 400000 You are not wrong. <laughs> is it over 400000 It sure is. 
Oh, 525. Oh, it's not that high. It's 489,500 doll hairs. So somehow, even though we've talked about there may be discrepancies with the numbers, it's confusing. Mm-hmm. Do we really want to dig that deep? I don't know. We'll find out. But uh, <coughs> by the number we've been following, that is still higher than the national average somehow. Yes. I don't know, man. All right. The median age in Hillsborough is 44.1 years old. There it is. Yeah. With males at... 44.5 uh-huh. and females at 44.1. Everyone wow. is 44 years old. There. <laughs> okay. Literally no one is not 44. Uh-huh. Okay. Here is the demographics, the racial breakdown, if you will. White population, <clears throat> 74.66%. Lower than I expected. Go mm-hmm. on. Black or African American is 14.54. Mm-hmm. Two or more is 4.52. Asian is 3.91. Other race, which I'm wondering if Hispanic falls under other. I'm certain it does. Okay. Is 1.47% with Native American at 0.91 and no Native Hawaiian or Pacific Islander. Neat. Um, now to narrow it down to what we're actually covering. Today, we're going to be covering a, a, a house by many names. Yeah, a house of many names. I'm not even 100% yes. sure like what to tell you the name of it is, in all honesty. it's. Um, I was going with the two we discussed earlier. Yeah, so we've got the, some people call it the Seven Hearths House. Some people call it the William Reed House. Mm-hmm. Some people call it Stillwater. Yes. Some people call it the Ordinary House. Uh-huh. <laughs> there is... A, a couple more names. They're kind of escaping me at this point, but I think we've decided on the uh, Seven Hearths. Yeah, which and I was saying Hearths. Hearths? Yeah. It, it, did I say Hearths the first time? You said Hearths. Listen. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know what I've done. All right. Okay, um, my leg itches so bad. Excuse me. <coughs> You're coughing. I'm itching. This is bad. I'm about to like put this thing on pause for real, for real. Okay. Now, the the. Oh, okay. I was like, are we actually gonna pause? <laughs> no, I'm itching. The history of this house is kind of weird. I couldn't find just a like a straightforward history it's all over the place Mm -hmm. um some of the history is from like a minute ago and i i don't know i'm gonna try to like piece it all together the best i can this one website i want to use um okay that's a different website sorry i'm gonna use two different websites one of them is open orange nc Dot org. I stumbled across that one too. I'm not using it though. Very confusing. I no, don't that's kind of why I uh, abandoned it. Yes. And then the other one is a WordPress. It's orange uh, orangenchistory.wordpress.com. So maybe that was the one. They all sound the same. <laughs> yeah. And they are all, they read terribly because they were written like decades ago yeah it's said like here's what we found in newspapers in the library written in like the 1940s and 1960s and i'm like really this is it (laughs) so right okay i'm gonna do my best and this is where you're gonna get a house of many many names okay and this says this was written like around the 19 around 1900 Oh, good. So, sorry if it reads funny. This one calls it the, doc in the early 1900s, calls it the Dr. R.J. Murphy House. I heard that one as well, yeah. Okay. Uh, And that's, I was getting so worried. I'm like, am I still reading about the same house or have I stumbled onto another house? So, this one says the Murphy House slash the Seven Hearths House is an example of early Piedmont architecture. The main central block of the house was built before 1800. From what I could find, I think it was built in 1754. Mm-hmm. And it is the oldest house in Hillsborough. What? Crazy. And it was possibly built by a man named Barnaby Gabe, I believe. 
The lot belonged to William Reed, and he was the high sheriff of Orange County and the first keeper of the weights and measures. Oh. I, I don't know if that's like a... Like, you've been weighed, you've been measured, you've been found wanted sort of I, thing? I just talked about Heath Ledger <clears throat> Did you? this week. Is it make, like, that was, first of all, just think about all of the things that he accomplished before mm-hmm. he passed away. And need I remind all of us that he passed away at the ripe old age of 27. Yeah. And how much he, uh, you know, accomplished. But A Night's Tale is still, I think it's debatably my favorite Heath Ledger movie. A Knight's Tale? Yes. Yeah. <coughs> God dang it. I'm I so mean, sorry. like, <clears throat> 10 Things I Hate About You is, it's a classic, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's just a given that you're going to like it. So, just A Knight's Tale, it's good. Yeah. You get, uh, what's his name, Bettany. Um, yeah. Oh, gosh. I don't know. It doesn't matter. That's not why we're here. <laughs> I think it is just, uh, I think you're... Oh, gosh, what is the other word for, like, weights and measures? It's just uh, law and order. I don't know. Yeah, that's... I really couldn't think of what else to call it. Yeah. So, like, judge and executioner. <laughs> Something, yeah. I mean, use your context clues. Judge, jury, and executioner. <laughs> yeah. Okay. A still house, which I think it, still house is another word for distiller, what we now know as a distillery. Right. Yeah, I think so, yeah. A still house existed on the lower side of the lot in addition to other buildings sited between the main house, which also gave it the nickname the still house. The house itself was twice used as a tavern because of the still house. An existing west wing of one and a half stories was added before 1820, and a north wing of two stories added was added sometime between 1877 and 1925, give or take. Yeah, just a small window of time. And then the house was restored by Dr. and Mrs. Murphy during the 1960s. So, okay, this says, like, circa 1900. It just, I mean, if we know all the way up to 1960, this had to have been written at least after 1960. Yes, they can't tell the future. Yeah, this is so stupid. Anyway, (laughs) interesting features include its huge chimneys, reeded mantles, and seven fireplaces, which is where it gets the nickname Seven Hearths. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Seven fireplaces. Listen, I don't know if I would want one. The idea is cool, Uh uh, but I know darn good and well my kitties be in that fireplace in a minute. Look, the smoke smell, I don't know. This, <laughs> when I was in college, for some reason, there was a girl that was in one of my classes. Very nice. I didn't have a problem with her. Uh, but she always smelled like a campfire, which like <laughs> was nice for a little bit. And I'm like, I could not imagine just always smelling like fire. Yeah. It started to bug me. Made my nose hurt. I'm that sensitive. Suck, yeah. <laughs> All right. So there was um, an owner of the house at one point. Their name was Africa, Africa Parker. Mm-hmm. And they said Africa was a freedman, which I was like, what's a freedman? Literally split the words up. It's a freed, freed man. man. He was a slave who was released or ran away. I don't know. And he started the still house. He was once operated the still house near the western boundary of the lot. And the property sometimes ref- is still referred to as the still house lot. And the stream is called the still house branch. A large specimen magnolia now stands near where the still house was. So, um, Africa made a name for themselves. And I feel terrible. Africa obviously was an African-American man. I don't know if he was just given the name Africa because he's African-American. Or if that was really his given name. Uh, I mean, I I don't know. I didn't research that. (laughs) I don't either. Or I didn't either. (laughs) Okay, this is from 1965 from the National Register listing. It says, This early important landmark is an example of the federal style, though the core may be a George... uh, Is it Georgian? Gorgian? I think Georgian. Okay. Uh, Georgian era. To me, it almost looks like a colonial, but it's got chimneys running up both sides of the houses. So it's interesting. We just, I have, I have little tidbits for everything. I'm so sorry. Me and Maddie were watching the Insidious, um, you know, films recently Mm -hmm. and the house in that, she's like, I wonder what kind of house that is. And I don't know. It just like... Kate, I pulled it out of my butt. I don't freaking know. But like, because I was like, it's kind of like Victorian, but I was like, I'm pretty sure it's like Edwardian 
mm-hmm. which is the same thing. And I think Georgian is in the same vein of like, they're all a little bit kind of the same, mm-hmm. but in different, like uh, Edwardian versus Victorian. Edwardian has like much larger entryways and mm-hmm. uh, hallways and things like that. Grand staircase style stuff. And Georgian is in the same vein. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I was correct. I don't know how, but yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> well, it goes on to give very detailed explanation of the house, which probably explains the Georgian style, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to get into it. It's very boring. Uh, it's probably dry, <laughs> but I would like it. Y'all, I watch too much House Hunters and stuff. <laughs> it's got a full width shed roofed porch supported by slender Tuscan columns, mm-hmm. exterior and brick chimneys flank the main block of the house, so on and so on. It talks about the the windows, talks about the gables, things like that. So mm-hmm. very nice stuff. But if you lo- go look it up, <laughs> if you really want to know. Yeah, I'm going to skip all that. Okay, that's <laughs> Just fine. To, to save you all that mess. Okay, but I am going to talk about this part because... This, again, from the National Register listing, so I hope they're correct, they said that the main two-story portion of the house was likely constructed around 1754. Yes. So, she old. This house is, uh, what, almost 300 years old? Yeah. It's 270 years old. Yes. That's crazy. 269. Whatever. Anyway. Nice. Go on. <laughs> It was constructed around 1754 with the one-story wing to the west added around 1830. The two-story rear wing, probably a separate early house, added after 1877. So they kind of um, also back up those those years. Early owners operated a tavern in the basement room. So that's where the still house was, came out of the basement. And then the fireplaces... Hold on. The basement rooms with fireplaces. There's So there's fireplaces in the basement, too. All right. And it had a separate entrance. Okay. It's giving me, like, old jail vibes. Kind of. A little bit, yeah. Like the old jail inn, not just, like, an old jail. Mm-hmm. So I think this is talking about, as far as today, the attached full-width Doric porch is a replacement I, I guess, I don't know. The original owner of the lot was William Reed, who was the town official and tavern keeper. I don't know. I, I also read Africa was, so maybe I think William started it and Africa continued it. Wouldn't he have been like a groundskeeper, like a, not an owner, but someone William? owned it and they're like, go take care of the house. No, Africa. <clears throat> oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. Like I said, I wanted to get more information about the individuals because they said there's a lot of notable people who lived in this house, but I couldn't get a ton of like good information, which is weird. Anyway, other owners see, and they talk about other owners included J E laws, nationally known register of deeds. The writer, Peter Taylor. Can't say I've read his work. (laughs) Uh, County tax records date the building to 1754 and a sign in the front yard reads W.M. Reed's Ordinary, circa 1754. And the house is also known as Seven Hearths. (laughs) Why was that a thing? I'm just thinking now about uh, the college here in town, Indiana State University, used to be known before before that was established as, because you're saying this is ordinary, uh, ISU used to be normal college. Uh-huh. Which I think that's a namesake, but it's like, it just seems so odd. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And why this house has so many freaking names is beyond me. Now, there's a little bit more about the house. It talks about the gardens on the side, which I'm sure were very nice. But Lovely again, garden. I mean, whatever. If you really want those details, you can look up the garden. Okay, now this is coming from the WordPress website that I talked about earlier. (coughs) God bless. Okay, this was written um, a minute ago. I think, let me see, I had it written up here. 1967 is when this was written. Before Um, the moon landing. I don't know. (laughs) This is true. So this is the home as it was described by Mrs. Murphy, which Dr. Murphy was the original owner. This is his wife who went by the nickname Kitty. Oh, I know. Miss Kitty. <laughs> These are her words. <clears throat> Twas not a case of love at first sight, 
second and third sight still didn't promote any great admiration or affection. (laughs) That's what they said about me, too. (laughs) (laughs) There was rather a slow case of evolution, a gradual osmosis of fondness for an old, almost tumbled-down house that led to the purchase of seven hearths, known then as the Hayes Taylor House. So another name. One. <laughs> yes. I another one. Oh, DJ God. <laughs> okay. When we first looked at the property, this is in her voice. I'm just going to, or this is in her words. I'm just not going to do the voice anymore. The writer, Peter Taylor, was the owner. It had been rented for several years and through neglect and age had been allowed to lean and sag, weather and deteriorate the way old frame structures will do, particularly in the warm, humid south. We were in desperate need of a house, and I am sure that the extreme necessity of seeking shelter moved us in, sans furnace, with inadequate plumbing, and with electricity that was non-existent if someone ironed while someone cooked. Which, uh, I've actually lived in an apartment where you couldn't run the microwave and the toaster at the same time, or Mm -hmm. you would knock the power out. (laughs) Uh, We learned learned the limit in this house one day uh, when our heat was out, and we had two space heaters going, the lights on. Mm-hmm. something else and then maddie was like i'm gonna test this she's working on a lamp <laughs> and she's like i'm gonna test the lamp and see if it works you hear her turn the little thing it goes click and then all the lights in the house go off we're like well that was it <laughs> that was the limit rip okay she goes on to just be very whimsical about the writing and how the house sucked essentially she's <laughs> like it's falling apart he didn't take very good care of it anyway time goes on And then Barnaby Cabe was the next owner of the property. No deed had been found for this exchange of Lot 30, but it is believed that William Reed, the younger, there were five William Reeds in the family. That's why it gets confusing. I don't know. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Anyway, it is said that he sold to Barnaby Cabe after Reed's father's death in 1764. And then... There's a lot of it. This could have been 14 hands. Truly, it could have been. (laughs) There's so many. They talk about the still house. Um, There's someone named Thomas Watts, who I guess is a big deal, too, who also owned the house. And it said that Watts bargained. uh, Watts, quote, did bargain, will let and lease to Africa Parker, the western half of the lot 30 and the western half of lot 40. So they broke up the house. Different people own different pieces at the same time. It's a whole hot mess. Um, They mentioned the name Hayes at one point. There was supposedly a girl named Jane. Yes. Jane Hayes, who died in the house at the age of 16 of consumption. (laughs) That old old consumption. Yeah. Well, I don't want to... uh, burst the bubble on that but i did find another website that i am not going to break down but it's hauntedhillsborough.com and the uh the title of the article is who's that ghost the seven hearths girl it was written in 2018 and they did their research no i know that's my that's don't read that okay that is my (laughs) okay bang here i i skimmed it and i won't (laughs) I won't mess it up then, but I was like, "Uh uh-oh, someone did their research. Mm -hmm. It's not like you can just throw out names, guys. Like, yeah. And it's not to say that they're not founded, like the history of this house, but (sighs) it gets a little fuzzy or it gets kind of convoluted between the history of the house versus the haunted history of the house. So I actually decided to not cover deaths besides the one. Jane Hayes was a big one. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to kind of cut mine off there. There is one last piece of information I'm going to say just because I thought it was interesting. Okay. For any of you people who enjoy the show Outlander. Yes. If you've seen it, I know some uh, of it. Yeah, yeah, not a ton of it, but. Okay. So this house is actually mentioned in season five of Outlander. Yeah, so, I made it to season two. <laughs> well, so. spoilers, they go to America and the Hillsborough house is mentioned and the person uh, an article that i read they said that they found out that hillsborough house was a real house and it's based off of the 157 east king street house which that is also its address that i just gave you Mm -hmm. but that's public knowledge you can literally google that uh yeah 
it's this house. I I didn't get that far into Outlander. I haven't gotten that far yet, but so I didn't want to spoil it. But they mentioned that it is in season five, episode four and five, I believe. Wow. You know what? That's my fun fact. <laughs> the Outlander theme gets me pumped, man. I don't know what the it is. Sing me a song. Yes. I love yes. it. Yes. Man, when that when that little snare drum comes in, I said, Yes, ma'am. <laughs> like it's just a good it's good. Oh, it's so good. My Scot my non existent Scottish pride is like <laughs> like I get very excited. <laughs> well, if you don't have any Scot like Scottish in you, um, Every season when it changes and they're in different parts of the world and whatever, the intro changes. So when they go to the Americas. Which you had me listen to them. Sorry, Scotland's got a beat. I still think it's the best one. The OG OG is good. But when they go to America, I was just like, It is very Copeland-y. It's very Western. Um, Yes. So, which... When they go to France. pleasing to the American ear. So... Yeah, when they go to France, it's sang in French. It's yeah. so good. Yeah, it's just a good one. It's a good one. You don't even have to watch the show. Just listen to the intro. <laughs> <laughs> it's like for the people who you don't listen to it on a regular basis, but sea shanties. TikTok oh, really made that a thing. And there's did. a song that plays at work called, I can't think of what the band's name is, but there's a song called Pirate Radio. Um, <laughs> I I dig it. I don't know. I feel like a couple of people at work do not like it and they're like i just it sounds too much like pirates i'm like it's literally called pirate radio like what do you want uh but i enjoy it so whatever get out of here (laughs) no outlander is really good if you're into history and just america not even american history french history scottish history they cover all sorts of bases um it it's actually really accurate i mean it's kind of like the titanic the titanic obviously was a real ship that sank the love story between jack and rose made up. did not happen same thing with outlander i mean you have claire and jamie they might may not have been real people and frank or whatever is that his name <sighs> yeah captain jack randall no, frank and frank randall yeah uh it's just a whole mess yeah there's they a lot may of straight be... stuff going on you have to get past that i guess <laughs> but like the whole jacobite thing and all that's 100 percent real yeah no i know read up on it it's very interesting if you're into that (laughs) yeah well whatever anyway we're here for ghosts uh and not in scotland or france but in america (laughs) in hillsborough so yeah (laughs) so as megan said she took my she's gonna take my thunder i'm sorry i should uh but i'm not gonna read that one first i'm gonna read uh the website northcarolinaghosts.com first which is just gonna like dip our little toesies in uh so let's dip The Ghosts of Seven Hearths is the title of this article. Seven Hearths is a beautiful historic home located on King Street in the historic district of Hillsborough. The house dates from sometime in the earlier half of the 18th century. The site was originally built as a tavern. William reads ordinary as we learned. This tavern distilled and served spirits to the public from colonial times into the early days of the Republic. What time frame is that, you ask? I don't know because I don't do well with history. The tavern (laughs) shut down sometime before the beginning of the 19th century when the house became a private residence and began being called Seven Hearths, as we know, because of the hearths. Pretty pointed. (laughs) Uh, according to legend, it was also sometime in the 19th century that the house acquired its first ghost. Ooh. Uh, according to a family tradition, the ghost of a girl named Jane Hayes haunts the property. Uh, the Hayes family lived in the home from the early 19th century into the middle of the 20th century. So they were there for a minute. Uh, Jane was a beloved daughter who died of consumption in the home in 1854 when she was only 16. Ever since then, residents in the house have reported seeing the transparent figure of a girl with long flowing blonde hair wearing a wispy nightgown wandering from room to room. (coughs) Passerbys on the street have also reported seeing the figure of a young girl staring out of an upstairs window. We hate that. Mm, No, thank you. (laughs) The second ghost is a much more odd apparition. Said to be another member of the Hayes family, this one, a Dr. William Hayes, who practiced out of the building in the 1920s. We have been in another house that had a doctor that practiced in it, Whisper Estates. Creepy. Yes, that's right. Gives you a weird vibe. Mm Mm-hmm. William Hayes was a developed spiritualist who believed that humans were reincarnated as animals after death. 
<laughs> so, I mean, he was pretty ahead of his time in the 20s. Or he was brave for his time in the 20s. Yeah. Uh, Hayes seems to have gotten halfway there as his spirit has been seen roaming the halls of Seven Hearts in the form of a large tabby cat with the head of a man. <laughs> like it's you just scary, see some fat funny. cat stroll, strolling through the through the hallways and you can't quite see it in the dim light and then he turns his head and goes mow and then just keeps walking <laughs> <No>. <laughs> or i guess I he wouldn't have to meow if he has the head of a cat he would turn and go meow like something really like <clears throat> clears his throat yeah <clears throat> meow 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 and keeps walking um <clears throat> When they sold the house, the Hayes family let the new owners know about the ghosts. So they let them know about Jane. And they're like, also, you know, grandpa's walking around. He might meow at you and scratch you sometimes, but don't mind him. Oh, good. Uh, both apparitions kept appearing occasionally to the new residents for decades and came to be thought of as members of a slightly odd extended family. Oh. So, I mean, they they thought it was all silly. <laughs> <laughs> seven hearts has recently changed hands ha huh? again i just laugh i laugh for no reason because this isn't about 14 <laughs> hands but it just makes me laugh when things change hands so often we should have both had a bottle of 14 hands to cover all of these wasn't people. it awful <laughs> wasn't it not good wine i don't remember i remember having the bottle for a um an uncomfortable amount of time and then there was an episode where we drank all of the liquor or all of the alcohol <laughs> that we had left over from episodes the outstanding prior. liquor yes oh, alcohol the residue the blobs <gasps> when i got the <clears throat> this is how you look, like pour into another container first don't drink right out of the bottle unless you just got it no Okay. Seven Hearts has recently changed hands again, and the new owners have lovingly restored the exterior of the home to something closer to what it looked like when it was William's Reed, William Reed's Ordinary. While the new owners haven't yet said whether or not they've seen the ghosts, they have done a wonderful job capturing the spirit of this lovely historic building. Cute. Huh, Sorry, I had spirit. to swallow my spit. <laughs> I am so, also struggling over here, but it's okay. What? To I, not cough? To, to not, not cough and sniffle, which well, I'm Well, stop. So, anyway, as Megan ruined, the uh, next... <laughs> stop. The next article that I will be taking from is hauntedhillsborough.com. The little, uh, you know, uh, what do you call the icon thingy at uh -huh. the top is a little ghost in a colonial tricorn hat. <laughs> cutie. So cute. Cutie. Uh, it is titled... Who's that ghost? The Seven Hearths Girl. So, it was written by Benny Sorry, I just I'm sorry, I'm losing you. I'm going through a tunnel. Well, because I want to say Carton or Cat. I don't Catan. It's C A T O N. Catone. Catun. Catton. Catton. I don't know Barney Catton. Whatever is written in 2018. No no comments on it, so no one had questions about this man's name. Uh, old Barney uh, researched a lot of stuff for us here, so let's... let's and no one's questioning it? I mean, it seems like, again, I did um, breeze through it, but, I mean, he no. appears to have done research, but, like, no one's going to be like, hey. <laughs> right, so this is... Uh, going to be an interesting take on... I know that I'm doing, like, the experience and the haunted history here. This is more, we're focusing more on the history aspect of it. I thought I wanted to do this because it seemed interesting because it's a little bit different from the usual. So what he has done here is did what we did what we do, uh, but better. So thanks, Barney. <laughs> I'm stealing it. Uh, he took this legend and was like, you know what? Let's see if it's real or not. So this entire article, he's dissected. He's like, let's take it bit by bit. And show you how we got to where we were with all this history and the legend and it, and Jane and the consumption and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So let's, let's dive in. He says on the tour, we visit seven hearts, which dates from the 1750s. It is also known as Reed's ordinary for the basement tavern licensed by homeowner and high sheriff, William Reed. One of the spirits that has been seen numerous times by occupants and passerby is that of a young girl with long hair wearing a dressing gown. The, quote, official legend behind the spirit is given in Piedmont Phantoms by Daniel Barefoot. His name is Barefoot. Um, <laughs> as follows, with six bits of information numbered for reference. The legend is as this. 
Jane Hayes died in 1850 at age 16 of consumption in her attic room. Okay. And I read it that way in sixes because he he's breaking it like we're literally going with Jane. He's going to break down Jane and then Hayes and then 1850, 16, consumption, attic room. Mm-hmm. So let's see where we got all this information from and why. Yeah. He says, that's more than enough information for a tour guide to give the customers a good tale. But where's the fun in that? Uh, honestly, with that much detail, this legend is tailor-made for research and, depending on what one finds, either augmenting or dissecting the story. What follows, then, is a short demonstration of how to delve into a legend and see what research can add to or subtract from the tale. Note that I've described the research as I carried it out. A different order might well yield the same results. Yeah. Number one, investigate the basic details. He said, let's start by seeing if a girl named Jane Hayes died in 1850. See, so could I have done all of this myself? Yes. But did he argue to do it? Yes. And I feel like he's probably from North Carolina. Probably from North Carolina. <laughs> Sorry for the hard P. Uh, so he probably, gah, probably <laughs> has more access to, you know, documents like this. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to see if a girl named Jane Hayes died in 1850. Checking the birth and death record books for Orange County, North Carolina for that year comes up empty. A check of years before and after also come up empty. Oh. An electronic search of such records at the North Carolina State Library reveals no Jane Hayes with a death year around 1850 or a birth year around 1834. Huh. Records show one Fannie Marie Hayes who died in 1863 but at age two and three months only. Age two years and three months only. Uh, It seems like we have found no support for the basic, like, you know, foundation of this legend. Yeah. There is an update. So now updated the legend. An unknown girl died in 1850 at age 16 of consumption in her attic room. So two, who owned the house in the 1840s and 50s? If the girl was a member of the family living in Seven Hearts at the time, finding the owner may be helpful. Hillsborough has records of lo- on lots in the main part of town dating from the colonial times, and Reed's Ordinary is included. Seven Hearts sits on the ne- northwest corner of the intersection of King Street and Cameron Street, otherwise known as Lot Number 30. Mm-hmm. Reed bought the land in 1755 from Mr. William Churton. I don't know if he said that one or not, but... I don't remember. <laughs> I, too many names. Original surveyor of Hillsboro, official, quote, post of register, and namesake of our main north-south street. It passed from Reed to a succession of owners such as Barnaby Cave in 1764, which is a shaky year, William Courtney in 1777, and the Watts family from about 1800 to 1834. There's an asterisk on that saying there's an interesting story about a black man named Africa Parker associated with the lot and the ordinary. He apparently was a slave but later became a freedman, perhaps because of his his utility with the distillery. This will be a later blog post. I'm not reading that. Right. (laughs) I already kind of gave you a background on Africa, so. Yeah. About 1842, Colonel Stephen Moore sold it, and then the records indicate several different co-owners and owners, including Osmond Long, Edward, Osmond Long slash Edward Strudwick, so co-owners, mm-hmm. uh, John Gerard, I'm guessing not Gerard, but Gerard, mm-hmm. uh, until it was purchased in 1877, 1877, by Susan Hayes. So there is a Hayes. Yeah, but it's a little off from the date yes and he says hayes the last name in the original legend wow cool uh interesting but 1877 is 27 years after the legendary death so the girl being named hayes would perhaps just be a coincidence Mm -hmm. the hayes family seems to have owned seven hearts for many decades until the 1950s so another possibility to consider is that somewhere along the way the ghost picked up the name of the longtime residents Still, none of what we found from ownership searches changed our information. Updated. Go on. That's something we never considered before. What's that? How, depending on how long a spirit has been stuck in a place, that they may start to lose their identity and pick up other names, other, other identities, things like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah probably who knows they're hanging out they're like i'm tired of being 
so-and-so i don't know it's kind of sad though to think about it i mean after so long that you just forget who you even are yeah i'm not gonna get existential so anyway um (laughs) i mean you would think with a residual haunting that they would possibly remember but just because they're doing the same action over and over they i can 100 percent see a spirit losing its identity maybe yeah i i mean this would this spirit would be coming up on 200 years old well um right yes but you said that people started saying i don't know i guess we don't know where people got the the information that uh jane hayes died in 1840 whatever well if we keep reading maybe we'll find out that's okay so now after all of this we have another with the updated legend an unknown girl died in 1850 at age 16 wait what yeah so we still have an unknown girl died in 1850 at age 16 of consumption in her attic room. Number three, did any other 16-year-old girls die around that time? Uh-huh. Okay. Even if the name is wrong, perhaps the other bits of the legend are true. Someone is creeping outside the door and they're creeping me out. Sorry, my cats are too lady. nosy. <laughs> yeah, I see her orange big old tail. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, even if the name's wrong, perhaps the other bits of the legend are true. We searched for girls born anywhere, about 1834, give or take a few years, and that died in Orange County, about 1850, again, give or take a few years. Reading obituaries from the Hillsborough Record, news, which was the newspaper of record, proved fruitful. Uh, The most interesting names we found are as follows, and these are alphabetical. Elizabeth Coit died... June 4th, 1852, at 14 years old, of Chera, Saint, South Carolina, and it says she had sent there to be educated. Okay. Uh, Marticia Moore died June 24th, so just 20 days after her in 1852, uh, quote, in this county. She was 15 years old and the daughter of Robert in Alamance County. Okay. And then, sorry... About your name, uh, Tarmesia Ann Parrish uh-huh. died July 28th, uh, 1848, so four years prior to the other two, at 16 years old of typhoid, and her father was Williamson. Okay. Interestingly, all three girls died within two years of 1850 and mm-hmm. were close to 16 years old at the time. Also of note is that two of the girls died in the same month and year as I previously stated. Yeah. Quote, sent here to be educated is an interesting clue as the Burwell School for Girls was a well-regarded institution in Hillsborough in the 19th century. Tarmesia, the one that died prior to the other two, is hard to track down. Her father appears in Orange County in the 1840 census with a brood of children. (laughs) And 11 slaves. Mm. Uh, but the 1850 census lists only the father and a son. The of course. Eight, yeah. <laughs> the 1850 mortality record clears things up a bit. As noted above, Tarmesia died in July of if a, quote, fever, as noted above, after being sick for 20 days. Also succumbing to fever were her sister, Serena, in September after 42 days of illness, and her mother in November after 35 days of illness. Good God. Yep. Sorry, I'm like, I can't swallow? Oh. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. (laughs) I was getting scared there. Anyway, at the very least, though, this seems to have presented three candidates for our dead young girl. Yay. (laughs) Uh, So, updated legend. A girl, either Elizabeth Coit, Marticia Moore, or Tarmesia Paris, died around 1850 at the age of about 16 of consumption in her attic room. Moving on to number four. Were these Burwell schoolgirls? So number four, what we are um, dissecting here is the age, the 16. Mm -hmm. The Burwell School, uh, circa 1837 to 1857, has good records about most of the girls who attended in book form and online. Wow. Uh, Being a Burwell School girl is important to indicate that she was probably from out of town. A big house like Seven Hearths conceivably had extra rooms, perhaps especially an attic room, for boarding such girls. Okay. Elizabeth Coit is listed and is mentioned that she died in a yellow fever epidemic and is buried in the Old Town Cemetery in Hillsborough. 
It turns out that 1852 yellow fever epidemic in the area was very serious, killing scores of people. We can probably presume that Marticia Moore also died. Good God. That scared (laughs) me. Lady, get out of here. Did she knock the door? She so what she does, she might do it again if you pay attention, is she lays down and she gets her hand underneath or her hand, her paw underneath <laughs> and grabs the door and starts pulling it. It sounded like something fell in the other room. That's why Yeah, no, scare the pee out of me. So anyway, that oh was embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> uh Marticia were we at Marticia? <clears throat> oh my gosh sorry we can presume that marticia moore also probably died from yellow fever because it was the same month same year mm-hmm. marticia is not mentioned in the burwell rolls but mary moore is the record states little as known about is known about the girl but does state that the girl was called Mitty. it seems reasonable to think that Mitty was marticia mm-hmm. so mary moore called Mitty. Marticia Moore could be the same person, so still a Burwell school girl putting her in the area. Tarmesia, Tarmisha, I can't remember what I said, (laughs) is not listed in the Burwell school's roles. It seems most likely that then that she was not boarding in Seven Hearts, but was at home when she died. Her obituary describing her last words to her parents supports this interpretation, thus we remove her as a candidate. Okay. Also listed is someone we haven't mentioned yet, Mary Ann Freeland. Okay. Who died July 31st, 1848 at age 14 of what? Consumption. This girl died within two years of 1850 of the illness specifically mentioned in the legend. Mary Ann's family lived in Mars Hill, a few miles north of Hillsboro, and the Burwell records say she was probably a boarder, the family farm being a little too far away for her to easily commute, one supposes. She was buried at Mars Hill Quaker Cemetery a little north of town. Her obituary is cited and confirms that account. We now have a third candidate and perhaps the most likely for our spirit. Okay. New update. A girl, probably Marianne Freeland or Elizabeth Coit or Marticia Moore, died around 1850 at about 16 of consumption in her attic room, two steps away. Where did the girls board in Hillsboro? This is now regarding, for some reason, the consumption thing. We'll get there. Uh, to really nail the lid in the coffin, so to speak, sorry, <laughs> about who the spirit is, we'd need evidence indicating one girl boarded specifically in Seven Hearts. Seven Hearts was very large. As we've learned, it was used to board these kids. Uh-huh. So if we know that one of them was boarding there, that may be the girl. They really did their research on this. I'm telling you yeah. what, this is what, this is what I aspire to do week to week and never do. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's possible that such evidence exists, but it certainly isn't in the county library. The most likely source would be letters from the girl's home describing her living conditions. Contacting the families might yield something if they've kept up with 160-year-old correspondence. <laughs> Simply put, we don't know of any such records. The updated legend is unchanged. Okay. You looked like you had something to say. No, I... He's on a good track. It's like, I also wish I was this organized and this analytical. (laughs) I know. I might keep this for future reference um, on how to actually research something. Because darn it, we try our best, but he just tried harder. Number six and final... Well, no, well, there's in conclusion, but number six, going to a source. The diligent researcher should contact anyone who might have more information than might have been pu- that might have been published to date. I intended to do this with folks at the Burwell School, especially since my research had perhaps fleshed out the listing of, quote, Mary Moore or Marticia. Mm-hmm. But tours have been running for a couple of months before I attended an event at the school and had a chance to talk to the director. I briefly explained what I'd been doing and what I had found about Marticia, Marianne, and Elizabeth. Upon mentioning Elizabeth, the director immediately jumped in and explained that Elizabeth couldn't be the ghost because she had died here at the school. Oh. It's creepy. Apparently, it happened on a holiday break when, instead of going home like most girls, she had stayed. Perhaps this saved the family money on boarding, or Elizabeth didn't really board out. That part is unclear. In any case, it does seem it does seem unlikely that Elizabeth would haunt a home she didn't die in, even if she lived there. Right. <clears throat> now, in conclusion, the updated legend after everything we have learned is, it is a girl, most likely Marianne Freeland, but perhaps Marticia Moore, who died in 1848, or 1852, at the age of 14 or 15, of consumption or yellow fever in her attic room. Good lord. Okay. 
the updated legend suffices very well for telling the tale. The spirit is most likely Mary Ann, since the information we have about her matches the salient bits of the legend, including the cause of death and assuming she boarded, quote, above the stairs in seven hearths. If the cause of death is mistaken, she could be Marticia, who matches just as well, except that she died of yellow fever. Mm-hmm. The spirit might have acquired the apparently mistaken name of Jane Hayes, partly because memories fade or change over time, and particularly in this case, perhaps because of the long association, 70 plus years, of the Hayes family with seven hearths. It's just stories change over time. Right. And you can't remember, because you have a Mary, what was it? Mary Ann, Mary Jane, Mary Jane, Jane, Hayes, like, I don't know. Right. Things, things just evolve, devolve, whatever. We are very fortunate in this case to have a clear, informative legend to investigate and a wealth of historic resources and knowledgeable people to plumb. Of course, these are the candidate girls that we could find in records. It's still possible there's an undocumented undocumented fatality in, say, the Garrard family, who were the owners in the mid-1800s. That is the true haunt, but the particulars of the story fit the Burwell School boarding school scenario very well, and that's what we're running with until someone proves us wrong. Nice. So, it was a different take on that, but I just liked how they broke down this research and, like, really dug into, like, what, we just, what we've been trying to do since the beginning, which is, like, really dig into, like, the, the reasoning behind local hauntings, why people say the place is haunted. Uh-huh. So, like, here in town, one of our, one of our early episodes, 100 Step Cemetery. Mm-hmm. There's really no good history on why that place is haunted other than the fact that it's a cemetery. Right. Granted, then we've got, like, the the, the haunting at 100 Steps does not match with, like, really anything. It just seems made up. Uh Uh-huh. Where then you've got Highland Lawn Cemetery (coughs) here in town where they've taken, they know the people that are buried there and their history and, like, their grievances and why they may still be sticking around. And that Mm -hmm. makes sense. I mean, the cemetery is one thing because you have an actual headstone in front of your face. That's true. I don't know why I chose two cemeteries. I was thinking more Edna Cullen's. Yeah. You have a name, you have a date, and you have what happened. The reason, yeah. So very easily you should be able to pull up like city records and prove that's right. Well, and more recent here in town, and worse, I'm sticking like close to what we know, um, Mill Dam. We know of deaths that have happened there, documented deaths uh-huh. and names, and like the hauntings there make sense. If you listen to the EVPs that we caught there, I feel like there was one that said something along the lines of like, it's cold, like it's I'm cold. so cold, or I'm so cold, yeah. And a lot of the deaths that have happened there have been drownings in the dam in winter months, uh-huh. I, th- I believe, or like in colder it's months, colder but that months, water yeah. just gets really cold regardless of the time of year. Right. So, I don't even know where I was going with this. Oh, just, like, making the legend make sense. This guy tried very hard to make the legend make sense. I just saw something weird out of the corner of my eye. I don't know. Okay, well, don't do that, dummy. Okay, I'm sorry. (laughs) It was, like, a light. It, like, went down the wall really fast behind the piano. Lately, things have been picking up here. Yeah. Have you noticed that? Yes. I have to look into that. I was trying to see, because you were, like, moving your leg, and I was trying to see if maybe you made like a reflection or because i'm not like wearing my watch or anything so uh that was weird anyway go on (laughs) anyway so i don't know i thought it was interesting maybe not as exciting as some of the stuff we do because there wasn't truly it was hard to find because i tried i like now finding investigative videos people have taken on youtube or other things like that this one was a little hard to pin down because there are so many names and people were like here's us at the haunted house in north carolina but then it was like the Smith house, like something completely yeah. unrelated or look at this haunted place in Hillsborough, but it was the school. Like, I don't, I'm making that up. Right. But every time I thought I found something, they were at a different location. I'm like, okay, that's not helpful. Yeah. Um, but I liked this and there's obviously, this has a very long history and there are definitely deaths that have happened there. That is true. And we know that now. And they are of girls who match this spirit that's been seen around 16 years old, younger girl, blah, blah, blah. So I think it lends to like the tangibility of the haunting. Yeah. So this person did the real work for us. Thank you. Yes, thank (laughs) you. I can't remember their name, but thank you. Barney. 
That's right. Barney Catton. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know Kataan, why. Catton. Yeah, right. I don't know. <laughs> Katen. Who freaking knows? <laughs> but that's some good, that's some good uh, investigative work. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind for the next episode. <laughs> it is a different take on what we normally do, but it was interesting. Yeah. I mean, like I say, you've got the hauntings of uh, OG William Reed, Dr. William Reed. Was uh-huh. it Dr. William Reed? No, uh, William Hayes. William Hayes, sorry. William Reed was one of the owners, and there was Dr. R.J. Murphy and his wife, Kitty. <laughs> well, I thought there was another doctor, Dr. William Hayes. Oh, maybe, yeah, maybe. And then you've got, now we know it may be Marianne or Marticia, uh, but a, a young girl, people see these people just roaming the halls and that's and then the cat and then the cat with the human head (laughs) i wish i wish someone had video footage of that video evidence picture evidence of that Uh i need to see uh, a startled man with a cat body go uh meow meow and then just keep walking (laughs) like trying to play it cool and act like a cat (laughs) right uh also oh what about when he cleans himself Oh my gosh! Sorry, no. I, lots of weird things are happening now as I think about mm, him. <laughs> we should stop before we get. Probably not a sufficient cleaner. Human tongues are not built for that. No, no. I had to lick. <laughs> <laughs> I like licked my finger. I'm like, no, that wouldn't do anything. <laughs> no. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh! This took a weird turn. <laughs> it did. Let's just you know, let's stop before we hurt ourselves. How about that? Too late. And then next week, I'm going to check, so I'm not wrong. Oh, it's another North. North Dakota? Yes, it is oh North Dakota. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Listen, look, I got one. We're going to be in North Dakota. Woohoo! Very excited for North Dakota. What's in North Dakota, you ask? Tune we'll in find next out. week. <laughs> <laughs> when you've lost an hour of sleep and we're all mad about it, I think. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's after this episode. Oh, yeah. I'm already. I'm I was already like, what are you tired. Talking about? <laughs> I know, right? I'm already tired thinking about it. Ugh, all right, yucky. <laughs> Stop! You can't be yawning. Dang. Yes, I can. I mean, it is late. Ah, oh, it's late. My throat hurts. <laughs> well, boohoo. Okay. 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 We'll see you next week. <laughs> We're doing the Midwest goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Mixing, editing, and music is by Kelsey Ingram. Our cover art is done by both of us. Visit our website at orsothesaypod.com. You can find links to our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, all at orsothesaypod. If you would like to donate and have access to all of our evidence from our investigations, please visit patreon.com slash orsothesaypod. You can donate as little as $1 to hear EVPs, watch haunting videos, and see photographic evidence we've captured during our travels. You can also give a once-off donation to our PayPal, which will be linked on our website as well. Merchandise can be found at redbubble.com slash people slash or so they say pod. You can find or so they say on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. And when you do find us, please make sure to rate, review, follow, or subscribe. We and the algorithms will thank you for it. See See you you next week. week.